TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 387, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm a writer, actor, and TV host. Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I uh, live in West Hollywood. I'm a writer-producer. And this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting for Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. All right. Thanks, guys, for showing out. And this week, uh, we skipped last week because of Comic-Con. Some of us were down there. A lot of stuff happened. Most importantly, I got a picture with Andrew Lincoln. That's more important than anything else that happened all weekend. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> that that made my Comic Con. I was good. Like after that moment, the, no matter what happened for the rest of the weekend, I was happy. I was floating. Uh, so let's start off with some Comic Con news. Other than uh, my uh, selfie. Um, Found out that it was well. It was confirmed that uh, Andrew Lincoln is leaving. Um, he's already done, and has gone pretty much gone back to England. And he was trying to like everybody's assuming that Rick's going to die on The Walking Dead, and he was trying to make it seem like well, maybe he won't die. I don't believe him. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really don't believe him. I mean, I feel like he's doing that to well. One, he did say he was upset that the spoiler came out that he was leaving. He didn't want that to happen. And so, and then on top of it ended up in the trades, like as a rumor, non-confirmed the mm-hmm. night before the panel, Robert Kirkman talked to Hollywood reporter and totally confirmed it. And then realized that no one else had confirmed it. No one from AMC had confirmed it. And all he, he apologized oh. to Andrew Lincoln, like profusely is like, I totally stole your thunder. I'm so sorry. And he said, it's <laughs> the first time since he's known Kirkman that Kirkman's ever apologized to him. So he's like, okay, I'll take it. Uh, but then he he did a really like heartfelt goodbye to the fans, and if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. And I was like, dude, don't cry! Like the whole time the panel was happening, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, because I was saying it to him because I didn't want to cry because I knew the second he started crying, I was gonna be done. And I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And he was apparently uh, after they did this big group hug at the end of the panel, and then he went backstage and cried and at least it was away from me so i didn't have to see it um the other news is that uh, uh related news is lauren cohen's contract she didn't actually get a contract because of their dispute so she's only going to be in the same number of episodes as andrew lincoln but she could confirm that they do not kill her character mainly because in case her new show whiskey cavalier if it yep. fails then she wants to come back to Walking Dead. If it doesn't <laughs> fail, then she's just disappearing and never showing back up on The Walking Dead. So she's going to be in a coma? or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we lost track of her. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do to Where's her. Maggie? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they're, they're putting her on pause to see how her show works. If her show is a hit, she will no longer be on The Walking Dead. If her show uh, fails, after gets canceled after season one, then she'll be back. So, so Maggie's just going to go to a farm upstate or something? I like don't that. know what's going to happen. <laughs> but I just she just confirmed she's not dying is the only okay. thing. She she 100% said, I'm not dying. Andrew mm-hmm. Lincoln was like, you'll have to watch to find out. I was like, you liar, you're dying. Mm-hmm. I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is he's contracted for six episodes. And right now he's supposed to die in episode five. But I feel like... Well, that's flashback territory. I know. I was like, I feel yeah. like in the season finale, he's going to come back for a flashback. Like, I feel like that's what's going to happen. So uh, who's the, who's going to be the lead of the show then? I mean... Technically I, I, speaking, I, I, Norman Reedus is going to be number one on the call sheet. But okay. from the trailer, it looks like Michonne. Like, from the trailer that they showed, she's obviously the leader of Alexandria after Rick dies. And... 
He's uh, Norma Rita said it's going to be an ensemble. He was like, I'm not going to be the star. And I was like, yes, you cannot be the star. But he said, I'm not going to be the star. It's going to be, he's like, Carol. He said, it's a season of women. He said, it's because he said the last two seasons have been about dudes just bumping in, chest pumping. And he said, this season is about women being in charge. Good. Um, so I was like, that looks interesting. But to be honest, after Andrew Lincoln's gone, uh, I seriously doubt I'm going to well, be. The show should be over. I mean, I know. I agree. Did we, did we learn nothing from The Office after Michael Scott left? I think not. I don't know. But let's move on. To, I, I, there's other Comic-Con news that I'm probably folding into some of this news because there's so much news that came out this weekend. So let's just go. Um, I've, I've got two bits of Comic-Con news. Okay, go ahead. Me. Yeah, the big news for from Star Trek Discovery. Oh, right, right, is, right. Sorry. Is that uh, number one, originated by Major Barrett Roddenberry, will be played by Rebecca Romaine. Yep, I knew that. They have not and, cast the other one, though. And the other bit of Comic-Con news, which was very pleasurable for me to hear, and during the Black Lightning panel, they announced that Khalil, a.k.a. Painkiller, uh, played by my former student Jordan Calloway, will be a series regular season two. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the other Star Trek news, which they, is that they are casting Spock. For, yeah, but they well, haven't if, found the actor yet. The, the, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, Spock seems to be crucial to the season. With this, yeah, he's the, the whole premise is he's gone missing and we have to go find him. Which means at the end of the journey, when they go find him, they have to find him. So they have to cast Spock. And they said, so right it's going to be the search for Spock because <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've never done that before. That's great. Awesome. And people Points think they originality. have no respect for canon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the entire the entirety of season two. The reason that Pike comes on board Discovery is that Spock got himself lost in some cloud. Um, and they're like, well, we need the equipment on the discovery because they're a science vessel to figure out where he's gone and how to find him. Uh, so you want to Pike takes over for a minute. Go ahead. I'll you do want the to talk about the other big discovery spoiler. Uh, from I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Tell me. Dr. Colbert. Oh, yeah. He was on the panel and and they're like, so are you dead or what? And he goes, well, I'm a regular cast member again. And I was like, so undead is what we're saying. So, yeah, I like I mean, that's a good that's good. that they. It's stupid that they killed him in the first place. Like, I I don't uh, anyway, frustration. Uh, But I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Um, So let's do the rest of the news. Uh, AMC has renewed Better Call Saul. And Fear of the Walking Dead for another season. Speaking of zombie shows, uh, Netflix has ordered a spinoff of Z Nation called Black Summer, which is... Why? I I don't know. Z Nation's not a very good show in the first place, so why it needs a spinoff, I cannot tell you. Uh, (laughs) Netflix has also renewed uh, Altered Carbon, and it will star Anthony Mackie. And if you've read the books... Uh, the second book is a hundred years later from the first book. So basically Takashi Kovach is in a new body. Um, originally in the second book, he was in an Asian body, um, because he could find a body that was like the one that he remembered, but, uh, they're doing, uh, uh, Anthony Mackie, if you guys know, is, um, what is his character's name? Falcon. Falcon. I was Falcon. like, Hawk? I was going to say, Hawk. no, not Hawk. Yeah. Falcon yeah. from Avengers. And what's interesting to me about that is I've only seen him as a supporting character. I've never seen him as a lead. So I'm really interested to see if he can lead the show. Uh, I'm hoping he can because I, I think he's charming. So He's very... Go ahead. What would you say, Tom? He's very charismatic. Yes, I agree. So I'm hoping that turns into awesomeness. But the thing is that to, to, to Takashi Kovac is very somber. He's not a funny guy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays that. Um, he play, he played Dr. King in the uh, HBO version of uh, the, oh, the LBGA movie with uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, I don't think I... Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, so, so, he's got jobs. Well, the, I'm, I was congratulating him anyway. Um, Netflix... 
has also ordered a show called Daybreak based on the graphic novel. And they've ordered another show called Lock and Key, I think that's also based on the graphic novel. So both of those mm-hmm. are ordered to series. Sneaky Pete has been renewed for season three at Amazon. Uh, Colony has been canceled at USA. Man in the High Castle has been renewed for season four. Cloak and Dagger has been renewed. And then we also get Buffy Reboot or Continuation. I think the big... The big fight that everybody's been having online is because the news came out as a reboot when it first broke. So everybody thought that they're redoing Buffy. And finally, the person who's writing the script finally came out on Twitter and was like, no, we're not doing a reboot. We're doing a continuation. It's 20 years later. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm on board with that. And also Joss Whedon is involved. He's not the showrunner or he, I think he's just like a consulting producer. Mm-hmm. So he will give advice when necessary because he's going to be working on his HBO show. So he's not going to have time to do this. Uh, Tom, you have news. Go. I have a bunch of news. Ryan Murphy's Netflix series, The Politician, has cast uh, Zoe Deutsch and three more series regulars. Uh, it's going to be a musical. So Okay. I. It's Ryan Murphy. It could work. Uh, Nickelodeon is going to re- relaunch Rugrats with a new series as well as a Paramount movie. Jason Clark is going to join Helen Mirren in HBO Sky's co-production of Catherine the Great, the miniseries. Um, Yellowstone has been renewed for season two at the Paramount Network. Catherine Newton is going to star in a Netflix drama from Chris Kaiser and Mark Webb. Uh, no title yet. FX has ordered a Bob Fosse limited series starring Sam Rockwell, Michelle Williams, with Lin-Manuel Miranda producing. Amazon has ordered Daisy Jones and the Six series adaptation with Reese Witherspoon producing. HBO has finally greenlit the Deadwood continuation. Yay! Alfrey Woodard has joined the Apple drama C. Uh, The Affair has been renewed for a fifth and final season at Showtime. Lifetime has renewed you ahead of its series premiere. Um, we didn't talk about this, but the uh, the Disney 21st Century Fox deal, the shareholders agreed on Friday. So oh, right. Much, yeah, it's a done deal. It's going to be a done deal. So uh, Disney Lin-Man- will now own Fox as well, and we can get our uh, we can get our Avengers with Wolverine. That's all I care about. Our Avengers X-Men <laughs> crossover. Yes, thank uh, you. Lin-Manuel Miranda, James McAvoy, and Ruth Wilson have been cast in the BBC's adaptation of His Dark Materials. Uh, Netflix, has, Netflix has nabbed Andy Serkis uh, Mowgli from Warner Brothers, which may or may not get a token theatrical release, but it's going to show up on Netflix next year. Norman Lear has signed a, a deal with Sony Pictures Television to reimagine several of his classic series from his back library. Kenya Barris is going to exit ABC Studios. What? Uh, there's there's probably a lot of drama around that, but we won't get into it right now. Speaking of drama... But you didn't say where best... he's going. You didn't say where he's going. Well, we know that Netflix has been wooing him, but he was supposed to be under contract to ABC Studios till 2021. Yeah, but he's basically said that he's taken the Netflix deal. Multi is three-digit... No, not three-digit. Good Lord. Six or seven-digit uh, contract with Netflix. He's trying to get. He's getting one of the mega deals. Wow. Yeah. Well, again, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes drama because he was under contract. But the lost episode of Blackish that didn't air last season may or may not have to do with that. Yeah. Uh, Amazon has greenlit new drama, The Expatriates, from Nicole Kidman's Blossom Films. Two seasons of horror event uh, series. Them. It's going to be an anthology from Lena Waithe. And also, um, Greg Daniels, who did King of the Hill, is doing a half-hour sci-fi romantic satire called Upload. Um, Netflix has ordered white lines from the producers of The Crown and the writer of La Casa de Papel. I'm probably mispronouncing that. (laughs) Octavia Spencer and LeBron James are going to do a limited series about Madam C.J. Walker for Netflix and tectonic uh to show that hashtag me too goes to the highest levels six women have accused cbs entertainment president les Moonves of sexual misconduct so that could be leave some huge reverberations and there's already this weird war 
between Sumner Redstone's daughter and the other Viacom CBS. It's just weird, but yeah. So CBS is going to be in the Hurt Locker, possibly. <laughs> and that's everything. <laughs> that's It was insane. We had Comic-Con news, plus the TCAs, plus everybody's just... It was it was insane. It was just too much. Was too much. All right. But I, what I like is most of the, the things got renewed. Very few cancellations. Usually you hear it's like an equal number of cancellations and pickups and stuff. So this time we got like one cancellation and everything else is new material. All right. So let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Succession. And when I say we, I mean people other than me because I have yet to start watching the show. So you guys go. What did you think? This week's episode. Um, well, personally, I loved it. Um, for me, it's kind of like um, House of Cards meets Mindy. <laughs> A Mindy project? <laughs> yes, I laugh. I actually laugh out loud during the show. Um, I throw, And then I get mad. I throw socks at my television because <laughs> it, it, it infuriates me. But I love it. it it's like, like being a deer in the headlight of a car. And I know it's going to lead to like a reenactment of the Red Wedding. I know that's how <laughs> this thing's going to wind up at some point. But I'm loving the ride. I mean, the, I you know the characters I love and hate all of them. But my heart does go out to um, um, Kendall, Roy. I, I oh, want yeah. you guys to have a win somewhere in this series. I hope he gets a really good win because it looks like he's going to get one. I, I think he is, you know, and and I also love um um Greg Hirsch, um the character um oh, Greg the Nicholas the, uh Nicholas the great uh, Bond, yeah that he plays the guy who's kind of like everybody's patsy. So um it's such interesting family dynamics. I said, wow, you know, it almost makes you not want to ever be exceptionally rich. <laughs> 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 it's it's really true that you know you you just you you kind of love and hate these people all at the same time because they're absolutely poisonous human beings they're terrible they're awful but there's they're they're hilariously so at, at yes. so many points the thing with Tom's bachelor party it was so oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and you know and you know his fiance heard about it cuz the way she <laughs> danced around so anything mm-hmm. you want to tell me <laughs> <laughs> but what i what i loved with tom was that when you know he first had his little fling he was so proud of it and then it's like he heard it back from other people's mouths and suddenly it wasn't as cool as he thought it was <laughs> and just the realization of how bad that actually sounded and how quickly everybody knew uh, it was just that was that was amazing i mean it, oh my god it's, it's it was so great. strange for me i i've, I've watched matthew mcfadden since uh mi5 and it's mm. so weird for him to play such an such a a passive, awful, you know, basically butt of everybody's humor type of character. It's the antithesis of everything I've ever seen him do, yeah. and it's and he plays it to the hilt. I, I, he oh. just looks like he's having a great time doing this because I guess it is so different from what he normally does. But um, I, the whole cast is so so brilliant and so committed to their characters, and um, you know I I'm. Also, for me, because they, they they basically took King Lear and, you know, set it in the modern day boardroom. And for me, the fun thing is trying to pick out who everybody is supposed to be, like, you know, a, an equivalent of. Yeah. And I, I finally realized um, after the big board meeting, you know, trying to get rid of uh, Logan last week. Like that Kendall's Cordelia. He's Cordelia. And mm. and I realized, you know, who's the king of France with this episode. You know, that's the, <laughs> the guy who's who's trying to, to, you know, unseat his dad from the company and the, the rival. Um and it's just I, I have such a wonderful time, you know, watching this because they they don't care about doing it exactly, but they they kind of feed you little bits of information so that if you know if you do like Shakespeare and that happens to be my favorite play, um, mm-hmm. it's, you get these little little tiny goodies thrown for you, you know, these little Easter eggs that um, it's oh yeah okay I know what that's supposed to be, um, so it's something to look for, which I I just absolutely love. And the oldest son played by, from the previous uh, marriage, played by uh, 
Alan um, Ruck. Yes. For a while, I mean, initially, it seemed like he was supposed to be one of the more likable people, and then as the series has unfolded, he's just pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just so pathetic, it's, especially when he lost his when he when he lost his blip at that dinner. Oh, with the butter. <laughs> the butter thing was insane. There's this this absolute fixation on this petty, stupid thing because it gave him a sense of being in control. Yeah. And and it was it was but you know all the characters. I think something really interesting happened in this last episode too when they talked about the the dog thing, you know the dog in the kennel game that they played. And oh, yeah. Yeah, where he's, you know, supposedly Kendall, um, you know, put Roman in, in like a pretend kennel and, you know, and the, this and, and Roman remembers it as being abuse and Kendall rem- and, and the other son remembers it as being a game. And, you know, from from the you get these different views of what this was. And Kendall feels validated at first when when he hears, oh, yeah, it was just a game. And then he's told yeah, your dad wanted you to play it because he wanted to see who came out on top. And then he realizes he was playing his father's game the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we got to wrap this one up. Any last statements? Just, okay. It's a brilliant show. Looking forward to where this season's going. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Preacher. And this episode is, well, there's two, I guess, we could talk about since we didn't do Comic-Con, but or since Comic-Con, but the episode before I was like, Oh wow. Preacher's like really on it. And I'm really, uh, I got really excited about it. And then this newest one, I was like, why do I watch preacher again? It's so, I don't want to say hit and miss, but I, I, from one episode to the other, I can't necessarily tell you what the show's about sometimes. Uh, who else watches the show? But me, I do. Okay. So the episode before, it was really concentrating on Jesse and um, uh, Tulip and how they're trying to break the spell. And then you find out that Tulip is connected to the Madame, which I saw coming. You know, like why she didn't figure that out, I don't know. But uh, figures out that if she kills the grandma, then she dies too. Their life forces are connected, mm-hmm. which sucks for her. And then you've got Cassidy who had this moment of weakness where he was thinking about giving Tulip the love potion and thankfully decides not to, because I feel like that would have been an unforgivable move. So all the stuff with the main characters I like, but then the stuff with the cult or the Messiah stuff just doesn't work as well. And then Cassie got roped into some random, like goth vampire group. Like what is this? And I can't figure out what God is doing with Tulip. Like, yeah, okay. What do you think? Um, well, I don't hate the cult stuff as much, which is a, a good thing because I think it's going to play a major role this season, um, if not from here out, you know, going. Um, because that seems to be, you know, Jesse and, and the cult, uh, at least, you know, for, for the remainder of what we've got this year. Uh, so I, I don't mind it because I, I like, I, I'm interested to see where that's going to go. And I also like um, the actor who plays the um, the lead bad guy, um, whose name I'm blanking on now, but uh, the, 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 head the of bald the head, tall, tall, bald um, yeah, uh, the cult guy. I know you're talking about. I yeah, forgot his name too. And then they show that the Star, Messiah Star, only knows how it. to tap dance. Like, what's going on with that? <laughs> and the and the and the priest dude is like, "Oh, it's great. We'll take him out, and everybody will follow him." And the guy's like, "Really? They're gonna follow a tap dancing dude?" I'm like, nah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like there's a, a plot plot holes in whatever go- is going well, on with that. I- they they're just feeding us little bits of information right now and right. i'm i'm patient with that the stuff with cassidy i'm not in love with because i feel like and i i already read that there's like a storyline that they deliberately siphoned his character off into which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with with well, what, what everybody um, else is Jesse doing is. right yeah and it just seems to me like a i mean no, that may be okay to do in a comic book where you're just going to okay well this is this issue and i've read it and now i can move on to something else but if that's going to be going through this entire season that just seems like 
like a waste of Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, it's, with the it's not that interesting. Yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him back with Jesse. Well, I want to see, see them make up. Tula. I want to see them make up. Mm-hmm. And uh, see their relationship get back to what it was, right. and see them work as a team. But yeah, but right now, I, that 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 is the one bit I am not in love with. Agreed. All right, so I'm. Sort of thumbs up for Preacher. Like, one of the episodes I thought was really great. The other one I thought was okay. And I'm hoping that the se- this season is more consistent. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Colony. Um, and <laughs> I will tell you this. Once the news came out, the Colony was canceled. And then uh, Allison said that it ends on a cliffhanger. I decided not to watch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no. I like, I mean, I saw the setup. I see what's going to happen. They're building up to this good war, and you've got your soldiers now, and you got all, you know, you got your sides, and everything's about to pop off. But then it's like, and the series has ended. I was like, oh no, I don't need to see a crazy cliffhanger. Thank you very much. So, what'd you think? I I was pissed actually. Uh, from what I understand, because I, I the last time that I looked at my DVR, it said season finale, which was like maybe about oh, oh less than a week ago, and it wasn't until I actually loaded the thing to actually play it that I see series finale staring at me. And from what I understand, they only canned it like three days before the finale aired. So there, there was like no warning and no plan, and and that shows in in the finale. There's there's nothing about it that would indicate we're not going to get next year or that that planned. Well, maybe we won't. So let's let's end it in a way that works. And no, it is it is the worst kind of cliffhanger. If you if you leave it the way it was, like everybody is dead. Um, except for Snyder, he's doing great. Of course, um, he's the rat, the cockroach. <laughs> exactly, and so he's he's his star is ascendant, and everybody else is screwed. And that's the way they end it there. That's fine if you know you're going to get another season, but if if that's how the series ends. And full stop. Obviously, they didn't know that they were going to be canceled. Oh, clearly they didn't. But I think you know, from USA's perspective, it just shows absolute disregard and and lack of respect for their audience you know this is the third season and if you're going to can the show at least let them know so they can prepare for it so they can wrap up the storylines um and in and and you know show some regard for the people who actually spent the time watching this for three whole years and and they didn't and it's just it it annoys me a great deal not that it was the greatest show in the world, because it certainly was not. I can understand how it was canned, but, you know, I mean, do it in a way that shows a little bit of concern. Right. I, I agree. A little respect. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger. And this is, they're building up to the season finale. And now that we know it's gotten picked up, so you don't have to worry about being the series finale. Um, they are finally dealing with their powers in a way and giving them more powers. So now we find out that Tandy can not only see people's hopes, but she can take them away and absorb them like a drug addict. And she's just doing it willy nilly to everybody she cares about. So, and what's interesting is we're seeing how the people behave once their hopes are taken from them. Which is a really crappy thing to do some do to somebody that you like, like that's something you would do to an enemy. Like, and she's doing it to the people people closest to her, which is crazy. Well, and I did like the fact that the uh, Tyrone's girlfriend could block her. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tandy's on a destructive kick. I'm just tired of Tandy being on a destructive kick. I really am. I mean, she's figured out her powers faster than Tyrone. But I'm just so over her having her pity party. Yes. Um, and then they had the teacher giving a lecture, which was supposed to be like a weird reflective commentary. It was almost like they broke the fourth the, wall and he was the giving a commentary. Journey. Go ahead. He's he's doing the hero's journey lecture, so that's the continuing thread through the episode. I get that, but it felt too on the nose. It, it was on the nose. I, that's, that's my point. I was like, ah, was, too much, was, guy. It was very writery. Here's my problem with Cloak and Dagger. I like the show. I like the leads. 
it seems like they didn't spend enough time building the arc so it was strong because you have episodes where like nothing's going on and then episodes where everything's going on. Right. So yeah. the, the pacing's off. Uh, you didn't even talk about how last week's episode, the, the, the previous episode ended, this one begins with them fridging the, the female uh, detective's boy, boyfriend. Right. Which was, whoa! And then I did not believe for a second that all the other cops would just sit there as while he, the as, dude, as a female cop while gets her butt kicked? Yeah. While the evil cop is beating the crap out of her. And everybody else is just sitting there? Really? Yeah. Really? There's not yeah. a good cop in the entire room? Like, I don't believe that. Nope. I did like when um, when Gloria Rubin has the scene with Ty and basically tells him why they couldn't act on his suspicion. And that's the thing. Some sometimes when 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 Cloak and Dagger works well, when they do some of the social commentary stuff, it works really well. But when it's plotted lazily, or there's the on the nose stuff, like with the uh, with the principal slash priest slash teacher it's like oh come on yeah, i know I'm, I'm agree go ahead aaron your comments well yeah um i i do totally agree with that um although i thought the cop in the fridge was kind of cool um i knew he was going to get it um but uh I, I didn't expect it to be that but i do agree um i think that for me the defining moment of uh, this last episode was when tyrone picked up the cloak because that actually took me back to the actual comic book, um, which is what I had actually been waiting for. Um, I, I do wish it was a slower build to the, um, you know, uh, save the chili to save the world kind of deal. Uh, I think we're getting there so fast and we haven't even had a chance to really fully understand who Tandy and Tyrone are, much less actually understand their exact powers. So um, I, I feel that that's a bit off in, in, in some of the, the storytelling. I, I do agree. There are great beats in there, here and there. Um, I think almost every moment Gloria Rubin is on screen, I feel like we're getting a real moment. But um, I do feel that there are uh, some... I, I mean, I'm going to continue watching it, of course. I'm a, I'm a comic book super fan, so I have to. But uh, <laughs> I feel like it's, 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 it's a bit uneven for me. Yes. You can yep. tell like, when they switch from one writer to another. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the originals. This is the penultimate episode. And can I say my prediction um, and my fear? <laughs> Which is they, they set it up to be that Klaus has to sacrifice himself for his daughter. She's dying, and when she changes, she's supposed to die. And his plan is transfer all the evil power into himself and then he's got a white oak stake and he's like okay stake me and that'll be the end of it i saved my daughter's life the end and of course i was like well elijah's not gonna just sit there for this to happen he's gonna be like well you need to be there for your daughter so no sacrifice me and then they had that moment where he got the message from Haley, and she's like i'm waiting for that dance and i was like oh god like they're gonna do perfect full circle where Elijah saves his brother's life and gets to die and be in the afterlife with Haley. Like that, except awkwardly also her husband. Uh, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, but I felt like that's where they were going. So then when they had that big fight and Klaus wins the fight, and I was like, what? They actually put the power in Klaus and he's about to kill himself. And then they cut to black before he actually does it. And I was like, they're still going to figure out a way to switch it up. And Elijah's totally going to be the one that dies. And I'm not going to be happy because I don't care about Klaus that much. I never have. Uh, I care. I'm in it. I was in it for Haley and uh, Elijah. And I mean, on one hand, yes, I want to see them have a happy ending, but I don't feel like them in the afterlife is necessarily a happy ending. Um... So that is my prediction. They're going to switch it up in the finale, and Elijah's going to be the one to die and not Klaus, which will make me angry. But go ahead. Allison, what do you think? Um, well, I agree with you. I was, I was totally expecting for uh, Elijah to, uh, you know, take it, step in and, and get 
killed in place of Klaus because that makes sense. And they've been they've been giving you every signal that that's going to happen with Haley, you know, showing her, her letter and all the flashbacks. And now, you know, when when her daughter sees her in the afterlife and, you know, everything seems to be lovely and great. And and so, yeah, I think that's going to be like his happy ending is he's going to be with with Haley there. I'm not upset about that because I think Elijah has been sort of getting sick and disgusted of his existence in here anyway. And they've shown pretty much that the afterlife is is nice for them. You know, you're with your family and the people you care about. And yeah, um, afterlife Thanksgivings could potentially be, be awkward. But... Um, <laughs> But other than that, I, I think you know that's that that's about the best kind of ending that they're they're going to do with the two of them. Now, as far as what Klaus is is going to do, whether he's going to sacrifice himself in another way or something, I mean, I get the feeling that the this is they're breaking up the band, so they're all going to be going off in one way or another and how they're going to resolve that I don't know exactly but yeah I have the feeling that that's this is the end of always and forever and they all equally go off in their own directions I just I can deal with all the rest of them I just Klaus Klaus is not my favorite it's all about Elijah for me so I agree that they're trying to say that that's the happy ending but whatever I just hate that they've also foreshadowed it so hard too Mm. so Anyway, let's move on. Next up, I guess I'm the only one talking about Unreal because Tom was like, pshaw on Unreal. Uh, yeah, last, last season wasn't great. I didn't mind it. I mean, well, especially because you guys were like, it's terrible. So then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this isn't terrible. Um, <laughs> it's not first season. It's not that show that I binged in one day. That's true. Um, but also that was all new. Everything was new and fresh, and they have to try to up the ante um the the i watched the premiere of season four which is the last season and i wasn't sure how i felt about it basically the premise of unreal has always been that rachel is trying really hard to be a good guy but she gets sucked back into manipulating people and doing terrible things for the show and that's kind of how every season has worked this season, she's it's the premiere is called All In. So this season, she's not even pretending to be a good person at all. She's just 100%. Let's manipulate the heck out of all these people. Even the people she picked, because they're doing um, Everlasting oh. All-Stars. So they're bringing in people from prior seasons. And, and one of the dirtiest things that she does, which is, I was like, whoa, that's over the line which is there was an episode, I think it was season one, I think, where it was the the best friend of one of the contestants. He kind of date rapes one of the girls. Um, and then when they figure out what's going on, they kick him, they make sure he doesn't come back to set. They kick him off and they make sure she's okay, blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember what happened to her exactly that, whatever that season was. But what Rachel does deliberately and she invites that girl back, tells her one thing, and then she inv- she invites the best friend, the guy who raped her. And she's like, let's see what kind of drama we have here. And I was like, what? Like, And then the girl, when she sees that that guy's there, immediately tries to leave the show. And she's like, I'm out of here. And Rachel's like, oh, well, I understand. I was like, I did it on purpose because I wanted you to have a chance to stand up and take your power back and blah, blah, blah. And she gives her the story about how she was raped when she was 12, which we know is true, but she used that story to manipulate this woman into staying. And like Quinn was listening and got really uncomfortable and actually had to put the headphones down. She was like, whoa. And when you're behaving in such a way that Quinn is uncomfortable. Quinn becomes the moral center of the show. (laughs) It's like, there's a problem. There's a, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And that's pretty much kind of what they're doing this season is Rachel is kind of the bad guy and Quinn is, Quinn is still doing bad stuff, but Quinn is also aware. She is more self-aware of where her line is. Quinn has a line. She's aware of where that line is, but, and she never goes past wherever her personal line is. And she's watching Rachel do stuff past her personal line and just like, 
are you okay? You know, like, so that's kind of where they're coming from this season. Also, Rachel has it in her head because of what happened last season that she can never find true love. So she's actually using this season to date some of the contestants and try them out and see if she wants to marry them. And Quinn is like, what are you doing? She's like, that's none of these guys are real. They're all here for a million dollar prize. Even if they say they want you, they're just going to be trying to use you to win the million dollars. She's like, you can't trust any kind of relationship that you form here. And Rachel is still determined that one of these guys is going to be her husband. And it makes no sense. It's like she's completely gone off the end. But I want to see... I want to see where their relationship ends. I'm invested enough in the Rachel Quinn relationship. I want to see how it ends. So I'm going to keep watching. No, not you. Do you want me to tell you how it ends, Tom? Or or I can read it. If you're just going to read it. <laughs> oh, but my opinion is so much more valuable. Okay, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Castle Rock. And uh, we can talk about the first one or two episodes. Well, let's start talk about the first one. And uh, Peter, you haven't talked yeah. yet, but I you said you were going to watch Castle Rock, did you? I did. I watched the I watched the pilot. Um, yeah, yeah. I I liked it. I don't know if I like loved it. I had heard mixed things. Um, a friend of mine really liked it though, so I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. Um, I like the premise. I like that it's you know this person in um, Shawshank or whatever uh, that, that there's a section that has been closed for decades. And that they find someone there. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I just don't know if I'm, by the end of the pilot, I don't know if I'm that interested to see where it's going to go. But I have heard that the show gets better and better. I think my friend told me the third one's the best one. I think, has three of them aired? Yeah, yeah. Three of them are out. I've watched the second one. And I can tell you, the second one's better than the first. Because... Mainly the first episode is about giving you all these clues that you don't know what any of these things mean together. And then in the second episode, they start putting those things together so it starts to make more sense. So, like, the guy that gets, that they find in that um, cell. In the hole? In the hole. In the second episode, you find out how he got there, who put him there, and why. So, all that information is, you're like, whoa. So now you're like, well who is this guy? Uh, and you get to see it's, there's some supernatural something going on with him. Um, so it's really, and I feel like there's this line where somebody goes, never let him see the light of day. And like the very next scene, he's standing outside and I was like, oh, this can't be yeah. good. Um, so <laughs> I think that they do a good job of building up the mystery and building up the character. You should at least watch the second episode. The second episode really lets you feel what it's about and how it's all going to fit together. Yeah, like I said, I'm liking it. I've never, you know, I've never really had a Hulu show that I has, I haven't had a Hulu original that has, like, grabbed me. Even Handmaid's Tale, I only watched two episodes, and I thought it was very good. It's, it's not that I thought it was bad. I just, for some reason, a Hulu show is not, like, has not like hooked me yes, yet. Yes, but we've um, talked about this. You have a you have a thing where you watch pilots of a lot of shows and don't go back. I'll, you do that a I lot. I do, but there are, I do, but then I mean, there are shows on Netflix and other networks that I've watched entire seasons. I mean, like so I'm just I'll saying just, it's Yeah, but I'm only... saying I don't think it's just Hulu. I, and also Hulu probably hasn't had as many shows that you've only how many shows have you even tried to watch on Hulu? I think you've only tried to watch like two or three. Uh there's what is it? This, the one with James Franco, 63. The other Stephen King one. Yeah. Yeah. They, they haven't had a lot of shows overall, though. So That's true. Sure. But that's I'm, true. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's a, if you think of it as a numbers game, I'm not trying to blame this on Hulu. I'm trying to say, like, part of it is the sample size. Netflix just puts out way more shows. <laughs> well, yeah, that's okay. totally Tom, true. Tom, what um, is but, I'm, like, but okay. I'm liking it. Oh, oh go ahead. Yeah. Tom, what's no, I like it. It's got a great cast. It's well shot. Um, it's interesting, you know, seeing how they're, you know, layering in the mysteries and seeing actors. I, I've always been a big fan of Anne Kuzak, so to see her, she's playing the new warden. Um, I'm not probably intrigued enough to plunk down my money to subscribe to Hulu. <laughs> so, how did you see the first but, episode then? Well, um, we want to talk about that. If you watch it through, you have 
you can't download it from iTunes. You have to watch it through Apple's TV app on an okay. iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV. So, okay, completely legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's always good. Andre Holland, uh, after seeing the last big thing he was in was The Nick, so it was good I to see him. I loved him in that. I, I so loved him in the Nick. I, that was one of the, the reasons I, I was excited to see this because I yeah. knew he was in it. And I just think he's fantastic. Oh, so what did you, yeah. So what did you think, uh, Allison? I really enjoyed it. I have not gotten past the pilot. Um, I just, I ran out of time, but uh, it was, it was, it was hard call because I was really engaged in it. I, I really like the uh, first episode a lot, but I was like, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I was falling over. And uh, so I just had to kind of pull myself away from the DVR, but I'm really excited to see the rest of it. I, I love the little bits and pieces they've put in places, the little Easter eggs and little things they've done for people who are into Stephen King's mm -hmm. uh, novels and, and read different things and little bits like, you know, casting Sissy Spacek as mm -hmm. his mom. You know, I mean, it's like that, that was a nice touch. I like that. Um, so, so I just, I'm, I'm, I'm finding a lot to like about it. It's beautifully shot. Uh, mm -hmm. It's intelligently written. Mm -hmm. And um, the actors, it's its an amazing cast. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I, I didn't think it was slow for me. I, I just was really caught up in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I just think it gave a lot of clues of that were hard to put together in the first episode that get mm -hmm. result. A lot of them get answered in the second episode. That's why I said you should at least watch the second one before you what make a decision. What does Melanie Linsky have to do with anything? Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, she is awesome, but what what is she? Well, you'll find out in episode three. I don't want to give it away, but when you see episode three, it'll kind of tie in who she is and how she plays into the overall storyline and who she's actually connected to, um, because she has a connection to Henry Devers, um, Andre Holland's character. Mm -hmm. So it gets revealed in episode three. Um, oh right, I know, you're, I know, you're talking about. Yeah, because because I, I think it's interesting I, how many people recognize the grown-up version of him considering how long he's supposedly been away from the town. Well, right. I mean, I don't think he left when he was 10. I think he, he, no, but he graduated still. from high school and then he left. Exactly. That's yeah, and I don't think most people leave that place. I think the, the people who are in that town kind of stay in that town. They don't get a lot of new people And also, he's in. the only black guy there. They were like, <laughs> oh, is it a black <laughs> guy? They, they, yes, were, they were like, there's a black guy walking into your house, and I heard that such and such was back. It's, it's probably him. Exactly. <laughs> Taking a wild guess there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Orange is the New Black. And how many, who other, other than me saw that? I saw it. Um, so this season is basically. After the riot of last, last season was the whole riot as it happened. This season is post-riot and most of our main characters are in solitary confinement at a maximum security prison uh, because a guard was, well, at first we think one guard was killed, but in the last episode, there were like two guards were killed. And I was like, wait, two guards? But um, the big thing is none of the inmates actually kill the guards. The team that came in to rescue people killed the guards. And, and then they covered it up to make it look like an inmate did it. And so now this, this whole inquiry about who killed the guard and everybody's keeping a secret because they know that if they say that one of the cops or whatever killed the guard, that they would miraculously end up hanging in their cell. So everyone's keeping their mouth shut, but it looks like one person is going to, somebody's going to get it like a, a life sentence off of this. And the question is who? Um, so that's pretty much the premise, which is why it's depressing and sad because they're just getting beat every day by the guards because the guards think that one of them killed the guard. And so the guards just beat them just constantly. And none of them are allowed to speak to each other. They're all separated. And yeah, it's just, it's not a happy comedy version of Orange is the New Black at all. Yeah. 
no, no, it's very dark this year. Very dark. Um, the the uh, I'm not sure if you did you watch last season or I watched you kind of... some of last season, not all. Okay, because they did show Piscatella being killed by friendly fire. Uh, that happened at the very end, and he's he's killed accidentally right, by right. the very SWAT well, they, team that's yeah, sent yeah, they, in. Yeah. yeah, they explained that. I saw. I got right. all that. Okay, so they, you know, the, that's the thing, and 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 the, uh, you know, now they're trying to cover up their tracks. But um, what what I'm finding really hard this with watching this year is is how relentlessly bleak it is. Um, I've been a fan of this show since the beginning, and it's had its ups and downs. Although I thought last year was pretty brilliant. Um, but it, you know, when it got to the end and everybody was being loaded up onto trucks, I thought, well, how are they going to do this next year? And the, the answer to that is just proving to be really, really hard to watch. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I kudos to them for going there, for making it as dark and as bleak as, as they're making it and as violent as they're making it. But it's just I don't see any daylight at the end of this. I don't see them returning to Litchfield or being let go or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's you know, plunging further down a hole. And so this may end up being the last season of Orange is the New Black for me because I, you know, if it's just going to keep getting darker and darker, I don't think I can watch this. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. So it's not going to be my favorite show uh, right now. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's not an easy, fun watch. All right. No, I mean, and I I, Wait, I like things that I, are dark, but this is just too dark. Can I can I ask? Um, I was I was a huge fan of the first season of Orange is the New Black, and then I liked not the last season, but the season before. But when I heard that the last season was all about it all takes place in like one day or something. It's I was like, three man, days. it's three days, three, three days. days. But I was like, man, I don't know if I'm really that interested. Could I watch the new, could I just jump in? Yeah, like, I'm assuming, yeah. well, I'm assuming yeah. there's a recap. It'll be like, well, I, I actually thought last year was amazing. Last, I thought, the, the Oh, you say you really liked great. it. I did. I really loved last year, but uh, you know, this year is just very Bleak. Well, this year Very is bleak. more consequences of last year. So mm-hmm. you don't need to necessarily know what happened other than there was a riot and two guards got killed and neither none of the inmates actually killed them, but they're being set up to look like they did. Right. So that's the... And then I think from a relationship standpoint, oh, what's the main chick's name? Piper. 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 Piper and Alex were together during the whole riot and she Alex got hurt but she ended up not being on the bus with them so Piper's big thing is she's wondering if she's dead or what happened to her what's going on and nobody will tell her anything so she's super worried about it which was kind of annoying to be honest uh and everybody else is annoyed with her for keep staying on that but I get why she is like I understand it and the new chick that they had introduced that's in solitary confinement with Red, I can't stand her. Like, Yeah, I want... that's another problem. I'm, f- I'm further along than you are. I'm up to about episode five. And they do introduce a whole bunch of new characters. And I have yet to find one of them that I like. Yeah. They're all terrible people. All of them. Well, wait. I mean, Orange is New Black. They they're not always awesome people. Is that what you mean? Or you or do you mean they're not interesting? They're not interesting. It's, they're not. They're not. Their, uh, yeah. Go ahead. They're they're the thing is even the people who are terrible, um, they're a they're usually interesting as well. And also, there's they're not like mustache twirling villains. There's something human about them. There's something about yeah. it's like okay, they're terrible here, but then you see this little glint of humanity in them. And I don't see that at all with any of these new characters. They're terrible, whether they're guards or or inmates. They're they're horrible human beings. Hmm. Okay. All right. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about Killjoys, and there has now been two episodes. Oh my, that's still on TV. Go away, <laughs> yeah. Peter. You're not allowed to be on the podcast anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I liked Killjoys from what I saw. I just didn't realize it was still on. I just didn't know. Wait, that uh, that's girl... the show that I tried to get you to watch a million years ago, and you were like, "I liked it's... a couple episodes. I did. I, I thought it was okay." What she she's been in a few movies now, right? She has. She yes. was. She was one of the villains in the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. 
Yes, that's what it is. And was she also is she also the same person in um Ready Player One? Is she that Ben Mendelsohn's helper? No. Who's that? that the girl from Kingsman? Okay, can um, we get on the topic and that you're going to promise to watch Killjoys because you're lame? (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, so the first two episodes of Killjoys, they basically, like, last season was a crazy cliffhanger that I completely, well, I remembered most of the things, but realized in the second episode I actually didn't remember as much as I thought. So the previously was very (laughs) useful. Um, the first episode, I was a little frustrated because I wanted to know what was going on with Klein and Dutch and her evil mother twin chick. Um, and I wanted to know what was going on with them and they managed to avoid dealing with it by having her have all these flashbacks with when her and Johnny first met. It was basically the origin story of their team. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't care about this. I want to know what's going on now. But I mean, eventually... They're they're so cute and adorable together. It was sort. It ended up being fun, but I'm still frustrated that we don't get more of the current day story. Um, and well, that was episode one. That was episode one. And but I I love Klein, and the more you see Klein now, lets you know what a horrible mistake it was to kill Klein in the first place, because Klein is such a powerful and interesting character. Um. They really shouldn't have killed him. Like, that was just... And they obviously realized that because they're like, we have to figure out a way to bring him back. Isn't his name Kylan? No, it's Klein. Klein. It's Klein. With Uh, with crazy spelling. Yeah, the spelling spelling is bizarre, but it's Klein. Um, But I really like that relationship, and I like that they finally explained how Klein is sort of her father and sort of not. And I like the, how they explain the way he deals with her and there are all the, all the intricacies of the relationship they deal with, which I thought was fantastic. Um, and then in the second episode, we deal with Johnny and Dev and making Johnny a partial Hullen was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, so you knew they were going to go there. Well, we knew that it was <laughs> I, a terrible idea and it's like, you guys just said it's a terrible idea. Then when you do it, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this was a terrible idea. <laughs> well, what your face says, she lied. To pres- um, uh, De- Del said she lied because of her self-preservation instinct. Yeah, so to, to say that it was a great idea to do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, she said, not really. She said it was like the only option they had, which was true. He was going to die if she didn't do that. So, you know, limited options. Yeah, so now they're all screwed because he is now evil and smarter than all of them. Yes. <laughs> so bad combination. That is a very bad combination. And it was great. There was that moment where Dev was like, I'm really the smart one. I was like, no, you're not, Dev. I was like, Dev, if you think that you're the smart one in this situation, you're not understanding the situation, which actually was the truth. Because I knew something. The moment he said that, I went, uh-oh. Like, yep. I knew something was wrong. When he said that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. And uh, But I don't know also what Johnny is doing. Like, he ditches the baby mama, which mm-hmm. I get why he doesn't care about her. But I don't know why he kidnapped his brother if he has no emotions anymore. Like, I don't understand what he's doing. Does anybody else have a clue? I assume he needs him for some reason that, you know, he's thinking ahead down the line. Um, I'm hoping that that is the case. Otherwise, it you know it sort of doesn't make sense. It's just a way of keeping the character in the game. But um, you know, I was I was willing to to look around it and just say, okay, well, you know, he needs him for something. And frankly, I I have to say, you know, the character of Dell really irritated me when they first introduced her because she was just essentially, you know. Uh, science fiction mean brat. girl. Yeah, yeah she was she was a mean girl, you know, and <laughs> and that was it. She was nasty and 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 since they've had they've had the whole thing of her being pregnant with uh, Davin's child and all of that, and they were stuck together in that elevator. And I love the the montage. Of them <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> uh, that was amazing. And I mean, it, it's just they. 
they have actually formed this neat little unit that I really like watching. They play wow. off each other incredibly well. And they're like, oh my I god, we are a family. Were, explaining, we're not family, <laughs> and recounts how they're related. It's like, oh my god, we are family. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're yes with with murder and espionage and conspiracies, and oh my god, we are a family. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was great. Just great. Well, you know, um, I love the moment when. Um, when they were all separating, um, when John, Dab were going off and then Dell was going off. And she turns to Dab and says, well, I hope that you will at least be okay. You know, I thought that, that was really Because that was the biggest emotional change that I've seen in her. And I love that moment. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, and, where and then they, they And then they awkwardly were. shook hands. Yes, that was great. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but that was awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom, you got anything else to say before we wrap this up? No, I just I want to get the band back together. I don't like when they're, they're when they're separated for two entire episodes. It's That's like, true. Yeah, yeah. All I right. wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that she just made this big movie for Marvel. <laughs> She's a little busy. A little busy. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com, follow us on Twitter, or on Facebook, and listen to us on getplayradio.com, click on the radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Later. Bye.